All right, welcome to Pulse Overtime. Um, one of my favorite things is making sure that I can answer any of the questions that anyone might have after one of our Pulse Power sessions. Um, so always going to have overtime where I can take the questions that maybe we didn't have enough time to address during the actual live session and make sure I can provide as much clarity as possible so that we can succeed and we can you know, continue to move forward. So I'm going to start and fire off this first question. And so let's pull it up here. So on the envelopes, what are the pros and cons of adding a return address when sending my golden letters? Any thoughts? This is a great question. So on the golden letter uh, for our power play this week, if you're, if you're joining us, we're creating our mailing list. And on the envelope, the, the question is, should I use my return address or not? Well, think about it like this. If the buyer that you're working with happens to be in the area that um, your office is or where your home is, then you'd want to use a return address because when you send the letter out, you're trying to, again, either help them secure their home or find them a buyer, uh, meaning secure the listing or find them a buyer. So let me best explain it. If I was working with a buyer that that wanted to buy a house about an hour from my office or my return address, whether you're using your home return address or you're using your actual return address, uh, meaning your your excuse me, your office return address. If the buyer that I was working with was an hour away, I'm probably going to leave the return address off just simply because if the house isn't the right fit, then that seller is going to be looking at that return address going, yeah, this person lives an hour from here, 30 minutes from here, 40 minutes from here. Um, so I'm not really sure if they'd be the right listing agent for me if their buyer's not the right fit. Now, the reason you would want to use return address on there is if they're close to you, uh, meaning in the relation to your office, then also because you'd want to get the return mail back so you can start to clean your mailing list. If this is going to be an area that you're really wanting to dominate success in and start farming and nurturing, then you're going to want to clean the list. So if you're sending out, especially if it's 92 cents a piece every month, five come back, right? That's five bucks. I could go to your bottom line. So it just depends on how far of an area outside of your return address area you're going to be utilizing. Okay. Um, so hopefully that cleared up that question. Okay. Let's look at our second question here. So should I include my business card with my golden letter? Um, so great question, right? You're going to have a letter in there. Do you want to throw your business card? So really, if it's me, as I said earlier in our session, the more you personalize, the more you're going to profit. So if I was sending a letter from me to you, and I wanted to know if you could help me, help my buyers find a place, and I wanted you to respond, as long as my contact information is in there. And when I, we're gonna talk about this next week and personalizing it, you can just sign your name and hand write your phone number or your email address. Think about it, you're just going, this is me, just give me a call, here's my number, like, can you help me out here, boom. Now, if you want to add your business card, that's that's totally fine. But the letter is your business card. Will your business card maybe end up hanging around and, and they put it in their pocket or stay somewhere? Possibly. But that's not the point of this kind of um, 
marketing play. This is trying to connect with a seller saying, I have a buyer that's looking for a home in your area. Are you the right fit? All right. So great question there. That was an excellent one. All right. And then question number three, we've got, uh, are there certain properties golden letters work on better than others? Example, luxury listings versus expired listings versus areas with a lot of second homes, any I should steer clear of. So the first answer is uh, it works everywhere. Um, Luxury, uh, especially luxury. Um, If you have a luxury buyer and you're working a specific area, and let's say that all of the homes in that area are $2 million, well, you're probably going to have less homes. So you would probably want to go more personal on the letter And you're going to write that letter or type that letter and try to do your best to approach every seller in there so they find it to be authentic to reach back out to you. Okay, so it works great in luxury, especially, especially if you have a buyer. Now, if you're just trying to farm a specific luxury neighborhood and you're using this as a marketing technique for other people's buyers, then again, you're going to try to scale this as best you can. And we're going to talk about it next week on how to get these conversations right So if they call and you don't have an actual buyer, that you're able to still have success with it, okay? Or your buyer's not the right fit for their house. Um, Then the second question was uh, uh, luxury listings versus expired listings. So expired listings, this this is great for. I would not do it with withdrawns. I would not do it with actives or pendings, obviously. Um, And always check with all your local rules and regulations and, and follow all those. But yeah, this is great for expireds, uh, especially um, that have come off the market. We spoke a little bit about that. Um, and then areas with a lot of second homes. Well, areas with a lot of second homes is a home run, right? Because if this is their second home and maybe their tenants are renting it from them, or if it's just a second home and they're airbnb it or it's just vacant, anything that happens in someone's life one of the first things when they need money, they're going to sell a second property. They're going to sell a second home. Little Stacy needs braces and maybe things have gotten tight at work. Maybe they overextended a little bit. Maybe, maybe, maybe college kit, you know, all of these things. Um, It's usually going to be the boat that goes first and then the second home. So I would especially be targeting second home owners um, and tenant occupied properties at the highest level, those would be my number one to go after because if it's a tenant occupied property, at some point that tenant's lease is going to end. And when it does, if these people know that you constantly have buyers for that area, who am I going to call when it's time for me to, to think about selling? Okay. And then again, if I'm in a financial pinch and I get this letter, yeah, man, I wasn't really wanting to sell this, I, but I, it'd be nice to have that extra cash. We're not getting out to XYZ anymore, right? We're not getting up to Vail anymore. We're not getting out to here. I know a lot of people that have condos in the city. We're not using the condo downtown like we thought to. Maybe the homeless situation has changed. Maybe it's not safe anymore, whatever, right? We're just not getting down there enough. If this guy or gal has a buyer, all right, let me give them a call, see what see what they got. That was a great question. I love that one. Okay. Um, and then the last piece, I guess, of that is any area I should steer clear of, Right. So any area you're trying to steer clear of, um, obviously, uh, with a lot of this, it just depends 
on turnover and saturation. I wouldn't say it's an area you're trying to clear over. When you're creating your list, you're trying to pick the likelihood of who would be selling next. So as we said earlier, you're cleaning up the list of going, if someone just bought a house in the last six months there, I'm probably not going to market this letter to them because they don't have enough equity in the home and they don't have enough time there to think about selling. So just think about putting yourself in the, in the shoes of the seller. Who would be the right seller to receive this letter? And then again, it's just a game of, of numbers, right? As we said, 300 letters, six conversations, one listing taken. All right. So great questions there. All right. And our last question for Pulse Overtime today, um, we've got, I'm still struggling with not counting my conversations with my ambassadors or counting my conversations with my ambassadors towards my weekly conversations. We're not talking about real estate specifically, but counting them would keep me motivated regardless of, of if we talk about real estate, looking for advice. You know what? This is a great question. So um, the reason we, so what we're saying is I talk to my ambassadors, but I don't talk about real estate with them, but I'm still connecting with them and I'm still having conversations. Let me be very clear. Your scoreboard is your scoreboard. If you want to count non-real estate conversations as conversations, because you know when you have enough of those conversations, you get referrals, whether you talk about real estate or not, knock yourself out. If it keeps you more motivated, that's what the whole point of this document is. I love this question. This document is to track all of your numbers and your classifications. And then for you to go back and go, all right, if you find yourself at the end of the month and you had 450 conversations, and those are a mixture of real estate and non-real estate, and your conversion's just not quite where it's at, then maybe you want to change something about that, right? Maybe, oh, looks like we lost our, our stream there. Well, we'll just go audio. I'm not sure we lost the stream, but we'll just keep it audio for now. So I'll just finish out the rest with the, the conversation of the question. So yeah, if you want to, if you had 400 conversations and they just don't happen to be um, real estate related, it might tell you though that the amount of conversations you're having is too many and you're wasting a lot of time talking to people not about real estate. So that might be something that you'd want to know. And that could, that could affect your graphics, right? Or affect your conversion levels, not graphics, excuse me. So those would be some things that you could definitely uh, consider in doing that. So anyway, um, those are the, the answers there. Use your scoreboards and classify the things. If it's me, I'm only going to put down a conversation about buying or selling real estate because I know that conversation. I have to have those to turn into real estate. If I'm having a lot of other conversations, great, but maybe that's a sign to me that I need to start interjecting conversations about real estate so I can amplify my business. If I talk to my sister 16 times this week, right, or you talk to your cousin or your uncle or whoever it is, you talk to them 45 times this week, but you don't produce any business from it because you never brought up real estate, it might not be progressing you to where you want to go.